Okay, well, sorry, we are we are live, just so you know. <laughs> I thought we were. I was just setting a few things up. We really started off with a bang for the YouTube audience. <laughs> Inside. But, but we did say 10, it's 10, 12, we're late, my parents have to go to bed, I feel like we let them down. So we have to get started, fellas. We're near. I think it was around Valentine's Day. There was a man wearing a pair of plaid pants taking his lady on the town. I'll tell you. It was a night for romance. It was a night to make a great child. Nine months later, October 10th, 1973, Pete Van Dyke was born from the loins of our guest tonight. Willie and Barb Van Dyke, people. And we brought as our audience the entire Van Dyke siblings. Come on, let's hear it for yourself. That's a ton of people here, folks. This is going to be a hell of a time, but there's only one way to get it started. How's that, Peter? Uh, that's the new thing we call a theme song, Michael. And you don't want to miss this show, buddy. everybody live from the Dutch Hall. We are Canada's only late night talk show and the greatest podcast ever to come out of a pool shed in Pine Grove, Ontario, bar none. And I believe we are that way because we have the greatest band in Canadian late night history, 
The Nocturnal Emissions Comprised this week of just my favorite three Our band leader Michael Bowen Vocals and lead guitar Beside him playing the role of the balls of the Nocturnal Mission, this is the first time we've ever had German balls, and I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it. German balls. It's a panzer. (laughs) Steve the Reluctant German is here, everyone. And keeping a close up. I'm not going to. And tickling the skins over there is our CRTC required Frenchman. The French tickler Kev Belanger is here. And as always, we have to have a bartender, a director. Sometimes I need a builder, a brother. All those B words. I get this man right here. My brother Paul Van Dyke is here. But according to our listeners, there's a bit of a controversy stirring up between this lady sitting right beside my brother, and that's my sister Lori. Lori. Bailey Adcock says that she is a far better bartender. So we'll see you tonight. Lori Ball's here, everyone. Let's hear it for her. I'll get anybody drinks. And not to be, not to feel left out, beside her at the bar is my baby sister, Lisa Vandenbush, everyone. There she is. Staying out of the bar fiasco. And we got me and Paul's wives on the couch, but we're not going to introduce them because we don't want you you pervs on the internet looking at them. Hey, Paul. Yeah, they're pervs. Yeah, but none of your goddamn business where they are. They're off camera. Shut Leave your eyes alone. you know what's good for you. But over there on the other side of my two brother-in-laws, Ryan Vandenbush and Jeff Ball, people. All right. And really, if we're not introducing our wives, there's only one more person. You don't got nothing to say, eh? Hey, well, we got one more guy. Yeah, it's me. It's the host of this thing. <laughs> it's uh, the host from Life from the Dutch Hall, folks, and you're two-time. Two-time. President's Club Award winner, Pete Van Dyke, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Click on me. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. The director was slow on Oh, it's because my thing's slow, yeah. Oh, I was waiting. <laughs> He's building the suspense. That was a good opening, eh? I thought it was really good. Pretty good. Did you recognize the song, Mom? Yeah. Now, did you recognize the song, Pop? Pardon me? <laughs> I couldn't hear him. I couldn't hear him. I said I was drunk at the time. Oh, you was drunk at the time. Did I, I, I nailed it, though, didn't I, Mom? That was probably how it went down. The pants and everything. <laughs> yeah, nice nut huggers back in those days. In the 70s, you like to wear them high and tight. And with a nice plaid, you know? I like that. That's what made Pete Van Dyke. Yep. A nice smelly polyester pants afterwards. The big zipper went down. Those go to the dry cleaner. <laughs> you do not put those in the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> That'll harden whatever mess was in my dad's pants. <laughs> Some of that made me. Yeah, it yeah. sure did. Yeah. All your brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> They're all here. Yeah, mate. <laughs> Anyways, I think that it's important. This show is kind of a big one because there's been a lot of stuff going on. You know, sometimes people will say to you, they'll say, uh, hey, how's it going, Pete? You know, and they don't say that to you, Steve. They'd probably say, how's it going, Steve? That's right. And then they go, but they'll say, how's it going? And like, what's up? And you say, like, nothing much, you know, or not too much or uh, not a heck of a lot. You know, those sorts of responses are probably the most common response. Would you say that's true, Lori? Yes. <laughs> See, Lori's on it. <laughs> and uh, so uh, 
But this time, when people ask me, I actually have a lot to say. I have a lot of stuff going on, and I've been kind of debating how we can announce this to the Live from the Dutch Hall audience, you know? I thought, how are we going to make all these announcements? Because I was thinking about how to exploit them to my benefit in the best way possible, and then I realized I'm not that smart. I just have to get it all out, because we're going to end up talking about it anyways, and it's easier if everyone knew what we were talking about, right? Right. It's no longer the summer of announcements. I don't think it can be the summer of announcements. There's too many announcements. They all blend together, and it makes a great story, I think, right? Because this is the story, okay? As it's told, right? Uh, Pete Van Dyke lives as a life as a, uh, a farm boy, right? Farm boy. And uh, working on a farm since then. But how old did I start work, Pop? Not, not old enough yet. Well, you definitely weren't old enough, but yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't really old enough, but I started work early, you know. And then uh, you learn that kind of uh, the work ethic and the resourcefulness of a farmer, right? So I got that when I was a kid, and then I go away to school because I was because I uh, had to have something to fall back on if I was going to go into farming. And then uh, then I ended up working at somehow at a turn of events into a I turned into a banker, which was as if as we were raised on a farm in the 80s a banker is not like the hero of the household right he was a piece of garbage right like that's you don't think of him as the hero of the story right he's the villain that with a curly mustache like charters right <laughs> that, that's a, that, that's who's uh that's who a banker is in my mind as a kid, you know? It wasn't a good guy, you know? And then I'm doing it for a living, and then you kind of like, okay, I'm in, I'm in and out of this thing for five years tops, five years tops, because I knew I just needed the money because you're trying to be a, a grown-up, right? And then uh, you end up, like, uh, having babies and buying a house, and then next thing you know, that five years turns into longer than you expected, and you've given up on your hopes and dreams <laughs> of everything that was fun in life, right? So then... Uh, I, I leave as some other turn of events. I left, uh, worked in optometry for a bit, uh, very until my wife uh, fired me, and then uh, <laughs> and then and then we go. Then I go to um, uh, what I can only probably describe as uh, probably the worst period of my life, which was uh, which was like a period of long depression. Which uh, I always I've always had anxiety, but then the the Depression kind of kicked in when I didn't know what to do with myself. And the real thing was that I decided I was going to go look at the internet, and then the whole thing, because I was so stuck in the corporate uh, mindset, the whole thing was so new to me. You know, like I didn't pay attention to the internet really, and I was thinking, it's kind of the great equalizer. You know, you can have everybody, you can, anyone can do anything, you know, and the market's the world, you know. And then it, so it kind of opened up my mind to possibilities being everything. So when you open up your brain to thinking and everything, is the things you can think about. That's too many things to think about. You have to narrow it down to less than everything or your brain will kind of start to smoke and, and do what happened to me, which is break. It didn't work anymore. And so I couldn't even do things like read. I couldn't uh, concentrate. I couldn't fill the form. You know, I couldn't do all these things. And uh, it's not something that garners a lot of sympathy because you're depressed. You think that... Uh, Everyone's depressed at times, you know, they get sad. And then uh, you think that that's going to be something that, uh, um, you know, it's like toughen up, you know, or stop being lazy or do whatever, you know. But uh, if you ever grieve the loss of a loved one, you know that feeling you get. If you had to do that every day, and, and uh, it takes its toll on you. 
if there's no end to it. So, as it turns out, you're kind of in a coma through that. Like, you're kind of, you know what you're doing, but you're in this kind of hazy thing. And uh, I've recently come out of it, and I found out that I started a podcast, and... Uh, <laughs> just and just now, eh? Stand-up comedy. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's two things I really wasn't expecting. But at least I wasn't behind the desk at the banquet, so I was pretty happy, right? But... Um, then I started thinking, what can I do with myself to use all the things that I learned over the time that I did it? So I, had, I learned all the evil tricks of a banker, right? And I, I did that. I learned the work ethic and the resourcefulness of a farmer. And uh, that's also what I studied when I was, when I was uh, uh, working was I studied farmers because that's who I was lending money to. So then they, I, I studied their businesses and their business plans and how they did things. And I saw the, I love the entrepreneurship of a farmer. I like the way he could stand on his own two feet and he didn't have to answer to anyone else. I liked how you could, you could be uh, your own boss and do things your way, you know, to a certain extent, you know. And um, that's why I didn't like working for any big corporation or company because it, it uh, wasn't true to what I felt a success was. You know, a success was a guy who could do it for himself, not a guy who was doing it for some big company, you know. Because they're getting all the benefit and you're not, you know? Like the, the employee is not, ever. So then, uh, it turns out it wasn't bad. You make a lot of money there, so it's kind of good. And I didn't want to spend it when I made it because I, I knew I, I wanted out of there. So I, I, I was good with it and I put it away. And I always kind of liked the idea of owning a church. And I thought that... Uh, I just thought of it always in my mind. It would be nice to own a church because it's like kind of like the church always kind of bugged me because it was one of those institutions. Like I always didn't like what being told what to do when I was a kid. And so like uh, anything that they would try to like tell you how to be or how to live or whatever, including the church, I would always question. And, and they never really gave good answers as far as I was concerned. So I always thought it would be kind of cool if I owned one of their churches they're all closing and, I, and I'm the one owning it with my philosophy of like, um, fuck you, <laughs> you know, like it kind of, uh, it kind of like, uh, it kind of, uh, shows that I won, you know? So anyways, this church came up for sale and I thought I might want to buy it, you know, because we live in a place where for whatever reason you can get things pretty cheap compared to everywhere else. Yep. And it fits my goal. Cause as a kid, I always thought, you know, uh, Delhi's got a German hall. They got a Hungarian hall represent my mother's side of the family, right? Got a Belgian hall. Are you kidding me? Yep. I know they're closed now. God, God rest their soul. Good, good run, though. Good run. Good run. Great run. Hats off to the Belgians. Yeah. You don't like to give it to them, but when the Belgians start uh, giving us flack, or God forbid, the goddamn Germans from the German hall, <laughs> and they say, hey, Dutch, Dutchman, where's your Dutch hall? You know? And I guess say it's in a pool shed in Pine Grove, Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> You know the shame of that, Michael? You know, you ever march around Delhi and have to defend yourself like that? I have. Yeah, it's, it's not good. So I think it's about time a wrong was righted and we move the Dutch Hall to the church in Delhi, Ontario. What do you say? Yeah. Fuck Let's yeah. Do it. That's another announcement. Fuck yeah. So that's our plan, our goal, and that is what we intend to do. We are not quite to the point where you can say we've purchased it, but we're working towards that end. And uh, we think it's going to be a great run. And, and I think what's nice about this is that we can, I can start to... Anyways, I thought about buying the church. Anyways. And then, uh, uh, I, then I started bidding with them, and it didn't work out. 
And then uh, we, me and Charters went away to that concert. And when I came back, I started having those health problems. And then uh, um, uh, while they were, well, I thought I was going to die, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they, I said, I'm not going to buy a church because it's a little ostentatious to buy a church when you're, it's just like buying a monument for yourself. Like it's like, I'm going to buy a huge church with a big spiky ball on top <laughs> right before I die. And then they'll have to like put a statue of me in front of yeah. <laughs> really... worship me <laughs> yeah. so i didn't think that i wanted to do that so i was like i'll um i'll uh wait to see if i can live and then uh it turns out there's, it's good news bad news you know the bad which the bad news is that that i found out i have cancer i have uh, uh non-hodgkin's lymphoma uh, the good news is it's kind of like cancer light it's like it's like if it was AIDS, it would be the type of AIDS that uh, Magic Johnson has, you know? It's like I'll probably get a talk show out of it. It's not a bad thing is what it is. So it's kind of like easy cancer if there's such a thing. It's an easy one to get. It's a good one to get, they sell you, right? So I got that one, but as it turns out, uh, I had insurance. So if I got that one, even though it's not really that bad, I still get, the, I still get money. Hmm. Yeah, so I put it, so then I can do everything I want to do in the church. And I get to live. That's the other good part. So then I decided to buy the church and use the money for what I want to do inside the church. And uh, it all worked out. And it was paid for by God, who gave me cancer. Hallelujah. (laughs) (laughs) And then bought a church with it. Yeah. God gave you cancer and money. Yeah, I wish I had more diseases I could get if I could keep getting paid. I was like, if I get lupus, can I get another 10 grand? (laughs) 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 We got more equipment we need to buy, you know? I got the gout. Does that qualify? <laughs> uh, so is that it for announcements? I did it. I did. I did depression, cancer, f- church. How you feel? Um, how do I feel? Good about getting that out. Yeah, it does feel kind of good. good yeah, for you, Peter. yeah, it feels good uh, because then uh, we can just go forward. The big thing I like is that I, I always hated working for other people because um, you always, in my mind, you always want to do things your way. I think even Papa, when I was growing up on the farm, I was probably young and still telling you what I thought you should do before I had the right to do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. You told, I got you a hockey stick when you were born. Yeah. And you basically gave it back to me in beginners. Yeah. <laughs> Going, here, stick it. <laughs> yeah. It was, and I bet you if you, if you, told me not to do play hockey yep. i probably would have been playing hockey now <laughs> you know it was just i just didn't I, even though school like school i did good in but they would still tell you like the curriculum or whatever was set up to like manage everybody i'm like and i always didn't want to be everybody i was like i'd rather so i always made it hard so when you're in a workplace it's the same thing like a big corporate workplace they all want you to be the same and they all want you to dress the same and talk the same like literally they tell you language to say they teach you how to talk to people Stay within these lines. Yeah. So my company, I'd like to be none of that because that costs money, eh? And if you have to compete with these big corporate assholes, then, like, let's look what they have to do. The money doesn't go to – this is a bit of preaching, okay? But the, the <laughs> well, money – you do own a church. I do own a church, yeah. Thank you. I feel like Pope Pete. Not yet. <laughs> Pope, right to Pope. Preacher. Not right. even Father, right to Pope. Right to Pope. Right to Pope. No, not even not Bishop. Preacher Peter. Yeah. No. Pope. Hey, he doesn't even have to go through like right the, the, the minor prophet. leagues. Eh? Hey, I was thinking prophet, Paul. Maybe I was thinking. Saint. Saint. <laughs> oh, uh. Anyways, uh, what were they thinking? Uh, what was I saying? Oh, uh, 
Oh yeah, I was gonna preach. I was saying that uh, the, if you have to compete against a corporation, right? The corporation services the shareholders always. So if you don't have shareholders, you don't have to pay them, right? So then by his very nature, if you're not one of them, the publicly traded companies, you don't have to pay all those people. That you also don't have to, if you're not in a city, if you're in a, if a shitty town, not shitty, small town like Delhi. That's better. <laughs> better, thank you. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, but a small town like Delhi, then you have, then your costs are way less than it would be in a in a bigger center. And you look what happens in in uh, New York or um, like any of the big cities, and they take the where the poor people used to live, and all of the people come and gentrify it, and make it better again. And then it's too expensive, and then people get pushed out of the cities, and they start fixing up the smaller towns, and that's kind of how it works, you know? So eventually, it's going to become too expensive to live in the cities, and who's the people that are, like, the the uh, first to go are the poorest, which are the artists, you know, who can't make a living. They, they can only make a living in the city, but they have to pay city prices in order to do so, so it ends up being counterintuitive so if i don't have to pay senior management for some corporation middle managers and all those douchey people like from hr or or uh what that's all that shit's flying right over my head you never because you never did it right because you never had to do it but i bet you know lori right what all this stuff is it's horrible it's all stuff that gets in the way of actually doing the job right right so i'd like to not do any of that stuff same with union reps, too, to go on the other side of it. like By the sounds of things, it's good I wasn't smart enough. Yeah. Well, it didn't suit me. You could do well there, but it's like you still have to do crap. You know, you still got to dance like a monkey for them, right? What would the world be like if we just had a bunch of entrepreneurs? No corporate structure, no jobs. Yeah. Hold on, your mic's off right now. I'd like to hear it. But the, uh, test, test. There you are. There you are. What would the world be like if... Uh, was full of entrepreneurs and there was no corporate greed and there's just no big companies like what you're talking about yeah, that's the point that, that that that's a good thing you brought up greed too because that's the other thing you don't have to pay for if if there's just that that greediness that's there for the ceos and all that stuff if you didn't have that greed you wouldn't need as much money to operate you know like everyone could just live a some countries believe this way that you just live a simpler life that you just don't want as much and if you're happy with what you got then why then isn't that aren't you successful then Right. So it's a disease, though. So some of these people, they doesn't matter. A hundred thousand dollars, or it's a hundred million dollars. You know, like if you made a hundred thousand dollars, well, I can make a hundred million dollars now. So then, yeah. Yeah. There's never, a, never limit. a limit. Yeah, yeah. Like, how much do you really need to fucking make to live? You need a roof over your head. You need food. You need to get around, and you need to take care of yourself. And yeah, if you can take care of your family for your next generation and give them a good start, then that'd be awesome. Yeah, and, but uh, hopefully, if you if you give them a good start by raising them well, they're right. they're, they're not going to need you financially. They're going to need you for because they like you or whatever, you know. Hundred percent. That's what I think. You know, like if I give my kids too much, I only see money turning kids into assholes. You know, right, yeah. I can't see money turning kids into nice kids very often. You know, it's oh, you okay. have to kind of like m make yourself poor on purpose. Also, that's what I like about this church, is that it's hard, like. Like, nobody's going to buy a church. It's stupid, right? Like, it's really crazy, right? And then you're like, oh, that's why no one's... If no one's doing it, then that's a good reason for me to do it, because no one's doing it, right? And then... <laughs> fits your criteria. <laughs> that fits my criteria, because it must be really hard then. So then I have to figure it out. It's going to be even harder. That's going to at least make the next... The longer period of my life happy, because I'll be struggling to figure out answers to all the things I screw up. 
I'm pretty excited about it. Keep you busy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it is. It beats it beats being complacent because like you can give me all the money in the world, and if I if I have nothing to do, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna atrophy. You know, like I'm just not gonna. Atrophy. So what are you doing in that church? Atrophy means like shrivel up and die. It means like you just don't. If you, it's like if you have an arm you don't use, That's how I feel. and then it grows really and it's really small. It's like uh, your dick. <laughs> yeah, use it, use it. Big and strong. What are you going to do in your church? What am I going to do in my church? Uh-huh. Well, right now, um, I have a, a young engineer that is looking at the upstairs with me. French tickler, Kevin Lange. When, when you think of a church, what do you think you can do with it? And then... Play music. Acoustic. It's very, very nice sounding. Yeah. And it, a church is pretty well idolized in the recording industry of a space that is naturally character that you can record your band in or your voice in or your story in or whatever you need audio recorded in. Yeah, so right now we're looking at the uh, the, the loft, like the choir loft as being the, the recording booth and then the uh, church floor as being the performance floor. Which could be for live performance, it could be for recording. And uh, then we also downstairs have another big box with a stage, uh, which can be anything at the beginning. You can be, it could be rented for, for uh, uh, corporate, uh, corporate events, or it could be because there's a kitchen along with it. And there is, uh, it could also be used for uh, studios. We're thinking about making um, more... Um, working with the artists to help promote their thing. Because I, I noticed a lot of the artists I work with in comedy, uh, they, um, they're all trying to do their own thing kind of by themselves. So they're all like kind of floating down and uh, they're all struggling to kind of try to be everything to everyone. And then as a result, it's, hard, it's harder to do, you know? Whereas if there was, a, as a collective, if everyone was pushing in the same direction and we were all offering each other services, then I think that that would work better for everyone. So the model that I'm making in the basement of the church is basically that, is that uh, whether it be through subcontracting, so if one, it's like if Ryan does A and Jeff does B and Paul does C, you know, together, if they all had a business, they would all do A, B, and C because they would subcontract out to each other. So if one guy does website design and one guy does social media marketing and one guy does uh, you know, like a booking. And one country does food, Belgium Hall, maybe the Belgium Hall can rent that kitchen and do like a Belgium Hall night where they serve Belgian food. Hungarian, Hungarian Hall can church? do that. Hungarian. Yeah, it's a Hungarian it, church. Well, we're also going to maximize the every asset that's in the church. Uh, and one of the things that's in the church is 12 pots, huge <laughs> pots. Score. Yeah, which I think are the best things awesome. I've ever seen, these one pots. can make a heck of a nice uh, Sunday soup. You're goddamn right, you can. And, and I uh, and she's on my list of people to talk to is my aunt Frances. I'm gonna teach her to make me a little meatball soup. There you go. Nice. I'm gonna talk to some of the Hungarian uh, professionals that I happen to be related to to see about making a chica levish. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. You want me? Belgium's got a soup, Ryan. <laughs> they got. Uh, pigeon soup. Pigeon soup, probably. Yeah. No, it, <laughs> uh, it was it was it was a name. It wouldn't surprise me if it was, but it was really tasty. That's a put. No, that's a put. It's probably just got like a like a like a pigeon and a bicycle pe- tire in it. It's got everything in it. It's got a piece of ham, corn, grain, you name it. It's like there's cool. everything. In it. Yeah. That's the put. I want to say that's what it's called. That's the put. That's the put. I don't think we were serve it right away. 
<laughs> Special <laughs> events. Yeah, but no, no, honestly, but the kitchen is very close uh, to being good. So uh, we might as well use it to see if we can keep the lights on down there. So, and yeah. we're right across from the high school, so we'll probably get that kitchen open too. That's awesome. And then there's a, the, where the Sunday school is in the back, we're making an artist residency, and it's also going to have creator spaces in the back. But if the artists want to use it, either that are performing so they can stay in the area, they can stay at the, right at the facility. So that's a, all, that's a long-term plan of what we want to do, but we have to find money to do it. So we have to be creative and we have to uh, come up with interesting ways to have people care about what we're doing. And uh, it's been working out pretty good. In the music world, especially, Kevin and I were out buying equipment and everybody we talked about what we're doing from the city. Jealousy and excitement. Yeah. And so, ranging from your subpar, you know, poor, starving musician level all the way up to industry standard people who work in the industry every day, people we listen to on the radio every day. So, yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. It's One stop shop. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Delhi. <laughs> hey? Yeah. Best thing that happened to Delhi in years. It's about time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dutch all moving in. <laughs> and uh, we'll, well, we still have to work out some things, so we'll, we'll keep you updated because I think it's fun. If you guys have it, we, we're trying to think of a name for the uh, church. Uh, so any ideas would be appreciated. You could always just give us some uh, feedback, even. Uh, yeah, give us some feedback at live from the Dutch Hall Gmail. Live from the Dutch Hall Gmail .com, That is, and uh, tell us what you think. What we should be called, and that leads us into a segment. Dutch Hall. Dutch Hall hashtag Happy Church. Yeah, you know what it's called? It's called uh, <laughs> feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback. It's feedback. Motherfucking feedback. Motherfucking feedback. There you go. <laughs> there you That's go. That's how you do it. That is Ooh. nice. I think we might have to have tandem bartenders in the Whoa. future. It seems to work well. Because Lori actually got me a drink. Yeah. And Paul. I really like having her here. And <laughs> welcome to Feedback. We got feedback. <laughs> Oh. This week's show is brought to you by our friends from Amazon. Hey, you know what you do? You buy shit from those Amazon people anyways. You might as well give sure some to us, right? He don't give no shits. He's uh, like the richest guy in the world. Right. So you go to our website, you click on our Amazon banner, and then you do your shopping. Only if you're going to do it anyways with them. That's right. And then you steal their money and give it to us. It's like Robin Hood. Is there any way to buy a church through Amazon? <laughs> yeah. Well, No. No. But you can, church accessories. You can, there you go. You can buy. Benny. You can buy enough uh, candles of, that eventually I could buy a church with the proceeds. <laughs> if you keep clicking on the banner, but it would be a lot of candles. Please click the banner. Just do it. Just click buy it. Anything. Yes. Huh? Some people do fancy things like they put it in their favorites or whatever, or they make it their homepage. That way just they remember. Website, and they remember, and then they always do it. And they go. They don't go to Amazon at all. They just go to livefromthedutchhall.com. Anyways, I'm just bragging. That's hey. That's good. <laughs> hey, Norpak. The beef, the beef people. people. Oh, Man. Wow. I give it to Lori. I give it to Lori. Uh, it's a race. You know what? Today was... A, bit me. Today, <laughs> this whole week has been our family vacation. And what our family vacation is, and I got to tell you, this is, a, this is a story I'm ashamed, I'm proud of, and I'm ashamed of at the same time. Number one, uh, we got our first uh, request for Van Dyke Party Services. Yes. And uh, we turned the job down. Uh, what? And we turned the job down. I went to the party, and uh, also uh, Ryan, who's not a Van Dyke, so he didn't count, went to the party. 
And uh, Paul did. He counts. And Lisa Two did. Counts. Three. Three. We got three. Hey, and the no, she's she Krista. Count. Krista was there too. Also, not a Van Dyke. She doesn't count. She's like Ryan. You Van need Van Dyke pure blood in order to give a good time. No offense to you two guys. You're a lot of fun. <laughs> but you're not. <laughs> you're not pure. <laughs> you're not uh, Krista, pure blood Van Dyke. You fun. needed me. For the, to wear the jacket, you know, and to make the deal right. You need between 5 and 29 Van Dyke first cousins. And whatever party or social event you're having is going to go from being just the lame stuff you normally do to the time of your life because uh, I don't know why, but we're good at it. We're good at boozing and having a good time. And all it's going to cost you is $100 of cold hard cash plus all, all of our expenses, which will be dear. And if you're not 100% satisfied, we'll return that $100, but those expenses will run through our bodies and potentially yours. Van Dyke Party Services. Do not live your life in regret. Brought to you by Clean Flow. Clean Flow, I'm sorry we let you down. What up? We let you down. And Carl. Carl as well, we also let you down. Shame, shame on us. And he did shame us on the way out, which we deserved. You shamed? Yeah, you did deserve it. Paul said it's a new rule. Paul said that uh, five of you got five Van Dykes got like you. Five Van Dykes got like you. And that... <laughs> <laughs> And you know that's you got three. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, that was three. three out of twenty nine. Ain't bad. <laughs> I think he should be nicer to us. He shouldn't throw rocks after Van Dyke Christmas. That's what I told him. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know what happened there. We never thought anyone would call us. I think just a cause bit off, shy. Cause off guard, but it was a, the holiday weekend. And by the way, I wanted to mention where Charters is before we get too far into feedback. Oh. Ah, ah, cut just Norpack. The beef, the beef people. people. Oh, Paul won. One, one. Sure. So, <laughs> but I did want to say that. Um, <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I was just doing my job. <laughs> Lori's very competitive. She's really intense, eh? I like you, but you're crazy. <laughs> She's scared the shit out of me. All it takes is to bring in her life and just say Norpak. The B people. <laughs> wow. That was, that was too close to call. You could not call that, Aja? No, Ty. Charters, once a year, Charters decides he won't do our show. He's going to go up to one of Canada's national parks and try to convert the black bears to Catholicism. (laughs) (laughs) Hard (laughs) see. With his family. So my mercy goes out to all the black bears in uh, (laughs) Cypress Lake National Park. (laughs) You were listening to Dave Drone on about, what is he, mostly about, uh, what is it, pulling out? <laughs> Dave's the favorite part of being Catholic. <laughs> you know, what was it that he said? The rhythm method. Yes, yeah. he enjoys it. Probably made a song about it, I would assume. He's teaching bears the rhythm method. method. <laughs> Basically what Dave's doing is he's just like uh, fucking bears and blowing it on their back. <laughs> Saying so he's doing it for Jesus. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Nice family vacation. Good going, Charters. <laughs> Good going, Charters. <laughs> Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, so, uh, last last person that we need to get our sponsors in. We need to get our sponsors in. And there's one thing we're doing. We're buying a church. You know what you need to do when you're buying a church and renovating a church? You need some electrical work done in that church. So guess what, people? We're going to need Derek Yarmy and Yarmy Electric, so stop fucking calling them. Yeah. <laughs> All right? You got something you want to do in the fall? Tough shit. He's busy with my shit. Yarmy Electric. We don't get it right the first time. We'll get it right the second time. 
and we'll get it right the second time. You can go, go fuck, fuck yourself. yourself. Ah, <laughs> man, oh man, like stereo. Hard. That sounded good. I was dead time. <laughs> man, this has been a good one. So this week, I normally this is this is a feedback episode. That last week we we did not hear feedback from uh, one of our greatest fans, Willie Van Dyke. Oh, oh, yeah. Who uh, never is without feedback. And this time, he, uh, when he saw me about last week's show, he said you didn't mention it. And you know what else, pup? Uh, the cheese lady, we didn't mention hers either. It was a feedback fuck-up last week. And uh, we didn't have her act together. So is there any... Uh, <laughs> Oh. Yeah, we just didn't have it. Get your poop in a group for God's sake. And uh, so, is there anything that uh, you had uh, that, that you, you had to get off your chest about this week's show? This week's show, no. Or no, not this week, but uh, though. This was like four or five shows ago. Did you remember what it was about? Uh, please be about Dave. Please be about Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Dave and his one finger guitar. Uh, <laughs> no, it was about. Uh, Guys that, that have a lot of money and have a mate that doesn't really match. Guys that have a lot of money oh. and then they're like, they're... they're no, no, like... Oh, right, right, right. The matchup with, the when I was on last time. Yeah, when you were told us you were in love with P.K. Subban. <laughs> I never said that. I just said I could see how he might be attractive. That's what my, I said. And my feedback was, anyway... Like, oh, sleeper. Oh, yeah. Sleepy Nailed sleeper. It. I, the the feedback was <laughs> Alex o- Ovechkin. Alex Ovechkin's what a woman is super hot. She's a model, yes. Yeah, and he's super ugly. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Stanley Cup champion now. Yes, he is, but he still doesn't. Still, still no He's good. not the best yeah. looking guy in the NHL. No. Damn good hockey player though. Fuck. <laughs> but he, and he's kind of likable. He's one of those guys that probably gets better looking when you get to know him because he's got some something some sort of quality about him. You know, <laughs> like I, I, you want to not like him, but I end up liking him every time I watch him. Like I, I just like the fact yeah. that he's like. Uh, he can score fifty goals a year. Yeah, he's awesome, yeah, man. He, he loves the game. He fucking loves the game. He loves everything. He loves his life. He's had yeah. a great life. Yeah. yeah, and then he just gets fun. ripped up all summer. He's way too young to be gray, right? Yeah. yeah Isn't he? he? Is, eh? He's gray, too. He's oh. ugly and gray. Yeah, he's been sober since... <laughs> he is now. He's working out again. They're uh-huh. showing... Yeah. They got videos of him, like, sobering up, working his ass off to get ready for the season. He'll now. have the worst year ever now, eh? Oh, he's yeah. fucking done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't, yeah. You got to get rid of him now. Yep. Oh, he's drying oh, up now? Oh, he did it. Yeah, he's the done. Russians are fucking... Has he got a gold medal yet? Do you know? Ovechkin, has he got a gold medal? Uh, I don't think so. That's, that's, think that's still the holy grail yet. Sid's got his number on that one still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a big one because I think that's even more important to those Russians than the Stanley Cup is their gold yeah, medal, right? Because sure. you get to do it for your own country. I don't know. Probably when they were the USSR, Mom. That's what I think. Yeah, I'm not sure. When that dirty Gorbachev, when his remember his his thing on his forehead, pizza, yeah, little pizza yeah. stain up there. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> it's tomato sauce. How do you oh, win tomato. an election with that on your face? You couldn't do it now, right? <laughs> not with that thing on your face. <laughs> They crucify you can't be. You gotta look like Trudeau or something, right? To get elected, you gotta be some sort of a pop icon like that, or Trump. Who's <laughs> sexy in a different way? Anyways, what we were talking about? Oh, but we have the, but we forgot the cheese lady. And this week, we need to uh, 
make amends. Oh yeah. yeah. Why are we gonna check in on her? Yeah, let's check in with her. Check on the cheese lady, on the cheese lady, on the cheese lady, on the Shake our bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa uh, from the Second Mouse is a very uh, loyal listener of our show. She likes to listen on Friday mornings when she's uh, doing her work around the shop there in Delhi. Morning, Teresa. And uh, we like to always uh, give her a shout out in this feedback segment. But uh, last week I couldn't get my phone working, and and I didn't, and that's the only place I had it, and I couldn't listen to it. So this is I'll get I'll get last week's. This was about hot pop tarts right by the egg. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, remember that one? Good name. Yeah, she said hashtag listening in Delhi every week and started my and starting my weekends off right. Am I wrong that to like your filthy conversations the most? Of course not, oh, Teresa. Beautiful. Those are our favorites as well. Cockballs, ass, tits. <laughs> Fuckles. Taint. Why are you fuckles? Taint. Damn it, I couldn't think of anything more. Pussy. Cunt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, good one, Lisa. Big C. The big C. Had to come from the bottom. A real conversation uh. stopper. <laughs> uh, uh, good thing I've met you, Pete. Otherwise, I would have pictured you as a Sasquatch with stones in his dick. LOL. <laughs> Actually, that is a fairly good description of me, I think. Except I only got, I got that stone out of my dick now. It's out. So I'm just a Sasquatch without a stone in my dick. Aww. Thank you, Teresa. But then, then a week later, after a f- uh, fucking teep dippers. You remember fucking teep dippers? Teep dippers. Oh, yeah. It was fucking last week. Dippers. And we still are looking for anyone in Oxford County who knows a guy who's fucked a teep dipper. <laughs> To please give us an email at livefromthedutchhell@gmail.com, and just we won't even use his real name. We can make an alias. I just want the story of when you caught your buddy fucking a teat dipper. I know someone's doing it in Oxford County. Yeah, just a picture of their orange <laughs> cock will work too. <laughs> Anything you can come up with. I know it's out there. <laughs> Said you missed my feedback last episode. Holy, even Teresa can do it. Or was it because I was speaking it? Yeah, you. Oh yes, maybe. Hashtag. Swiss cheese heart, sad face. Oh, I like I put a hole in her heart, and then she made it a cheese thing too. Wow! She loves cheese. That's deep. Her and Chargers, eh? They would really <laughs> hit it off. Hey, did you <laughs> did you did you miss it because it was about you, Pete? No. As a matter of fact, I would like it more knowing it's about me. Please don't do feedback about anyone else. They're all. Um, it's annoying when I have to hear praise about other people other than me. I don't like it. Uh, this is what she said after that. She said, I think you guys should challenge. I think you should, guys should do a challenge and post it like the Kiki challenge. Do you know what the Kiki challenge is? Mm-mm. Like the Tide Pod challenge. Oh. I don't know. That's, that, that's like uh, eating poison, right? Do you have yeah. to put things in your butthole? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm out. But so far, I'm not liking this idea, Teresa. <laughs> All of the things that people think it is is uh, are things that don't appeal to me. <laughs> what is Kiki? I don't know. But uh, if we do some sort of a tobacco chat, was a good episode so we can hear your horror harvest stories. Uh, I'm sure they would be entertaining 
and let Steve try filling a kill before he judges. Ah. LOL. All right. So, quick tobacco uh, for Teresa. Quick tobacco horror story. Anyone in the Van Dyke family want to give an old uh, tobacco uh, um, harvest story that sticks out? Maybe a problem day? Maybe a a day where you save the day? Oh, I got a good one. Kill hanging story. My favorite one. Okay. Okay, I'm in kill four. Remember kill four, Papa? It had a... It had a... uh, Most of the kills had like a dirt bottom. But this one didn't. It had a cement bottom. As, as had the cement bottom. That's the one the one Jamaican guy ran the truck into, that gray truck, when it was in high heat and it lost the whole, like, oh. a stick kill. And the guy, Jamaican guys were always, uh, they wanted to drive. Horrible at driving. But they're horrible at driving. And then they would tell you, uh, yeah, no, I drive at home all the time, but they don't. They're lying so they can learn to drive so they can drive at home, right? They think it's the easy job. <laughs> and, they, and we've had twice where I've watched this guy convince us to drive one of the vehicles and then drive directly into <laughs> something. One time the trees. Yeah. It was that Herbie guy. <laughs> Herbie drove into the trees immediately. Herbie. This guy was huge, this Herbie guy. And uh, I was hanging rat kills at the time teaching this guy because he's a giant guy. Like I thought he'd be able, we thought he'd be able to hang rat kills. And then uh, so he goes, can I? All you had to do was we we're using two trucks with flatbeds on them as like to take the tobacco off and put it in the rack, right? And all this guy had to do was take the truck around, like do it like a horseshoe shape, you, and then I would drive the other truck in, right? That's it. Just moving the truck. Yeah, just had to do it like a, and then then I, then the boat driver would get in the other truck and take off, right? But no, what Herbie did was uh, instead of making the U, he did like an L. Right into the trees beside the propane tank. <laughs> and then you can see the back tires spinning against the trees. Just got his foot pinned on the gas the whole time. And the key's broken off in his hand. And I'm like, oh. I'm like uh, 18 or something. Like, I got to pull this, this adult, a Jamaican guy out of the, like, throw him to the ground so I can get him to stop hitting the gas, you know? Anyways, that was the one time. The other t- Anyways, kill four. This is my greatest uh, kill hanging moment. For those of you who don't know what a kill hanger does, uh, it, the only true kill hanger is not a rat kill hanger, though I am very accomplished at that task. Not an easy task. Not an easy task. But stick kills is my real uh, passion job, the one I love with all my heart, you know, because you get to be in there all by yourself. Nobody bugs you, right? You get to do it your way. You're accountable for your own work. Boat driver is the worst job you can have on a tobacco farm when you're the farmer's son because you catch shit from both ends. You get it in the field, you get it at the kill, right? And so you don't want to do that. In the kill yard, you only catch shit at the table. You don't get any shit for the primers. You got nothing to do with them, right? So <laughs> it, 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 I like the kill hanging. And uh, so uh, kill four, cement bottom, uh, uh, two tiers broke. going to say, how many tiers are you up? Yeah, we're up to, we're, I'm, I'm at the top, right? So the fourth. Fourth tier. Fourth tier. And um, the tier breaks that I'm standing on. And I fall to the ground on the cement floor, and I miss two sticks, only two sticks. Really? Yeah. It hurt on the bottom. I managed to climb up again, just to hit the elevator off. <laughs> That's what I did. Dedicated. That's how tough I am. That's a Canadian kill hanger, man. <laughs> you go to Zimbabwe where they're where they're curing tobacco. There ain't no kill hangers. They're willing to pay the price like that. Yeah, cement. That's the last job I wanted was hanging fucking kill. Oh, it was fun, man. It was like a monkey. You could do, like, I really did like it. Like, I think that if Kill Hang was an Olympic sport, I think I could podium. This was, like, early tobacco. Uh, yeah, this is when they hung the tobacco on sticks. So yeah. Pete's basically bouncing up these 
tiers. It's kind of like uh, so Donkey those are those Kong, the video sheds, game. Right? Those bigger yeah. style. Yeah, yeah they're sheds. like a two-story yeah. building. Yep. They're like old yep. little barns, right? Yeah. You would bounce up there and hang the sticks. It's, it's a tough job. Huh. You saved my life once. How being so? A, being a kill hanger, you um, were... We just finished coffee break, mom's coffee break. That yes. was always like homemade goods and like mm-hmm. hot coffee. It was awesome. Um, and I jumped off. I had my rain suit on and my hood of my rain suit caught one of the tears. Oh, yeah. And we had started already. And I'm hanging there by my raincoat, choking myself out. And you jumped down, flipped my uh, hood off. And then you uh, only missed a half of a stick. Yeah, don't miss sticks. Jeez, you know what I like great. to do with the stick Real breaks, machine. Michael? This is the kind of kill hanger I was. <laughs> if the stick breaks, I like to lie that on my boards. I'll save it for later. When the women are having some trouble, fix it up. maybe I'll fix that with another stick I keep up there hidden away. <laughs> and then just replace my own stick. That way no people, people aren't picking up I appreciated that. Yeah, exactly. You know what else I like to do, Michael, when I was hanging stick kill? This is what made me the best. Is that between loads, uh, I knew where to go so I could just hang off the side of the elevator so we wouldn't move, have to move unless it was between loads. Right. Even my wife, Jane, when she worked worked on the farm with me, remember, Jane, when we first got married and I hung stick kill on weekends? You uh, you were impressed because I never, ever made you stop the time machine, eh? It was only between loads we'd move. Keep it rolling. Yeah. And That's we were what, done by noon. Yeah, done by noon. And that was also because... And when you're taking out kill pup, you're not finding any missed sticks. I'll tell you that. Like I some of those scoundrel kill hangers you hired in the past. I remember them. He also had consistent <laughs> sticks coming up because of the people that were on the table, and especially the one that was in charge of the needle. Oh, that was Lori. Who would that be? Oh, Lori. Yeah, that was Lori and Although Jane. Oh, I did. I did all of the the positions. We, you when you were up there and I was at the needle, we was, were a good I was team. Full crew. Yeah. It always sounds a bit like dirty Ballsy when you talk all about positions. I was the bottom. No. Oh. Yeah. See? <laughs> I was like, uh, it was like you always your... start out in the middle. <laughs> yeah, like I was like saying to to people. I remember when I was young, they would say like, uh, "Oh, uh, what's your does your girlfriend have a summer job?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, she's working in tobacco." And they go, "What's she do there?" And I say like, "She's a stripper. she's in the strip she's room. The strip yeah, room. <laughs> part of the year she's a hoer, and then part of the year she's in the strip room." Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, what? A hoer? A hoer? A hoer? A hoer in the strip room. Yeah, that's my wife. My wife. She's not hoeing. She's topping. <laughs> yeah. They're all a bit dirty. Topping. Suckering. Suckering. <laughs> Suckering sounds kind of really dirty. Sucker oil, Mike. That sounds like something like a, like a, like a blowjob lube. Spray sucker oil all over. <laughs> Spray it all over. Spray it all over. <laughs> Anyways, well, you uh, want it to be as dry so you can lube it right up and it rolls right down the stock. <laughs> I think the boat driver was probably the worst job, though, because you're hearing people fuck from the primers or the, 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 the ladies at the kill. I, I like priming because you're not talking to anybody, really. I like kill hanging. Yeah, priming, the guys. priming is like the, the most fun, I bet, because you get to be with a crew of people and you're all, uh, you're all doing it together. But sometimes, like one time, did you ever hear about when my dad beat up Gary Green? <laughs> That's a great tobacco story. The announcer story. for TSN, Gary Green? Yeah, the announcer for TSN, the losingest coach in the NHL ever. Thank you. Really? Yeah, for the Washington Capitals. He had the losingest record in NHL history still to this day. Maybe a record that will never be broken. Uncle Will ha- beat the shit out of him? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Because he wasn't priming <laughs> his row. Oh, that's, I believe it. What is he, he's got to be punished. 
that now they're all the farmers going to switch them. So when under tips, he's now got a prime Gary shitty row because oh, he was sticking it. <laughs> nothing worse than that. He's got five what? left. That is fucking bullshit. One time when I was growing up at home, I remember coming in from work and uh, it was like the um, what's what, what do they call that tournament when Canada when they're still in the NHL playoffs, but the people who didn't make the playoffs get to go represent Canada. Uh, the Sp yeah, Spangler? Spangler. Spangler. Or the yep. World Cup. One of those two. Spangler yeah. or the World Kristen. Cup. Or World Championship. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I remember Gary Green was a commentator for that. And he was on the TV. And then my and, and my dad comes in the living room, looks at the TV, and just starts like uh, cursing and Shit stuff. Shit primer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 and I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what it, I didn't know what it was about. And it turns out I heard the the priming story. And sometimes if a guy's not priming his row, you got to cuff him upside his head. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. All right, I got a story. Okay, that just reminded me of one. Um, so I had a few of uh, my cousins work on our farm. Lisa was one who was awesome. We had an awesome crew that year. But another cousin, I won't make, I won't name any names. <laughs> Anyways, it, it happened to be my cousin's birthday, so my mom uh, made him a nice birthday cake. Why wouldn't she? She's a beautiful woman, heart of an angel. Makes him a cake. Well, my dad was pissed off because he primed his rose so shitty that he made him crawl on his hands and knees down the irrigation row on the outside and prime that whole fucking row up and down the leaves he missed until he could have a piece of cake. Of his own birthday cake. And we ate it all except for one piece. <laughs> because the rest of us crew were pissed about it because right. he's such a shitty fucking primer. <laughs> That'll learn him. Yeah, I think yeah. it did learn him. Yeah. I don't think he was back. Oh story. yeah, that is a thing. It's like a mob mentality. If one of, if one person sucks on that prime machine, you're all riding mm -hmm. the same machine. Fucking yeah, because guess what? Uh, farmer's son. Guess whose rose you get in tips? Yeah. Oh, eight leaves left. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Fuck sakes. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. That, I hope this. People that don't know tobacco, this is the least interesting conversation in the world. But for uh, for us, it's a lot of fun, and it turns out turns out people like it, eh? Like Alistepa. Just give a quick explanation of what is priming. Priming is just when you take the leaves off. Like tobacco grows into a plant, and it's got like well, how many leaves? Twelve or something? Uh, 16, 18, 18, 19. How many back in your day, Uncle Will? What was average eighteen still then? Yeah, eighteen to twenty. Same. And then, uh, but they ripen from the bottom up, so then you have to. You have to take the bottom leaves off first when they're they're kind of yellowing, and then uh, and then let the get let the ones at the top have more time because they're younger, and then uh, so then uh, that taking the leaves off the stalk is called priming. Okay. And then when you, you put the size of a human. And then when you sort through the dry tobacco, what's that? What'd you say? Like <laughs> the plant. How tall? Oh yeah, the t the plant's about the size of a human. Yeah. Yeah. The size of James. But. Yeah, well, no, it's the size of me, and then they <laughs> then they break it the the flower off, and then make it the size. Of oh, that so that's yeah. that's topping the top. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah that's yeah, breaking yeah, yeah. the top off, and that'll let it fill out, Michael. Right, but it also right. give it more uh, suckers. Yep. Which is not fun. Suckers is a suckers is a is a is a plant is like another tobacco plant growing out of a tobacco plant, well, which it does it in your tomato plants too. If you ever have tomatoes. And what likes suckers? Right. Okay. And the green and you got to say, stop it. Yeah. Never understood that. Because I want delicious stop. nicotine, right? Stop. Delicious nicotine. So the trick with priming, Kev, is that you don't want to take leaves that aren't ready yet for priming. So what guys would do, if you were a good primer, you'd maybe cheat the odd time and take one up, but not too many because you take too many, and then the primers, or the 
farmer's going to be on your fucking ass. You get the tips, you got one or two left. That's not good. That's right. The farmer's going to be on your ass because you're taking too much because they're not mature, and the kill will not cure right either. So. Okay. And yeah. then and then you would, uh, as a farmer, you'd be like, okay, I know my crew, they're all going to take another leaf more than I ask, but I really only want them to take the two leaves. Yeah. Or, so I'll tell them to take one. That's right. So they <laughs> take two because you have to try to outsmart. But if you have a shitty crew, they might just be taking the one exactly. or two that you tell them to, right? they're missing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you got to, it's the same. Even when you got offshore or locals, they were the same, it was the same patterns, you know? Like you'd have that one or two guys that just didn't get it. And the other ones are kind of cheating to make it easy because they've been through it once or twice. Yeah. It was one and of the, And the guys were always amazed when Willie would walk down the row. When Willie would walk down the row. Yeah. And he could tell, hey, you, you, you didn't, you should have taken that. And he goes exactly, no, knew exactly what they, you know, they yeah. took off. And they were always amazed at yeah, it, well, it's because they're, they're stupid. Some of them. Well, when you, you just live, count when, the things that are just broken off, right. you're like, yeah. there's there's yeah. some right there. You get down to the <laughs> level that the that they're priming at. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's only three leaves are off or something like that, you just go down and look across, and you can you can tell the guys that are up here or the guys that are down here, and yeah, the ones that got the the leaf on the opposite side always on the plant, right. Like, not reaching but yeah yeah it's not hard to tell the good from the bad yeah but it, so that's the most fun job was priming yeah. you're stuck on a machine with four other guys having a blast hung over as fuck from the night before yeah you're making good money mm-hmm. like just just sat down like just got home maybe change your clothes sat down on that cold seat got slapped in the face with a wet leave mm-hmm. till noon right back to the bar Woo! <laughs> Priming was the life. It yeah. was awesome. You're stuck out there with like a usually stereo just blasted with four yeah. of your best buddies. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, Lots of money to go buy school clothes too, right? That's right. Yeah. When I was about 14, I did tobacco for a season, but I never was in the priming. When I started, it was sand leaves. Go up in the bin and then drive the boat truck. So I got that. Of getting the shit from both ends because I was always late. I was never on time because I was really slow at pinning. Yep. And I was, yeah, weak and small. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a uh, very, very, very interesting. Yeah. Um, Mikey, are you automated? We're automated. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> no now, primers. No primers. So now instead of uh, having primers, we just set the level of the automatic prime machine to pick a certain amount of leaves. Like right now, we're doing sand leaves. You do three or something like that and then the next picking we we set the machine to pick so many it's it's pretty neat how they got corporate on us yeah yeah we're big time well <laughs> yeah but there was this either that, keep up or get out that's how the businesses went right there's so. this tobacco grower magazine from 1966 i have it i found it in my grandpa's hat box that i got his hat in and inside's an article that where they interviewed my grandpa in 1966 and he said he predicted what mike would be doing right now because I predict a day where where you combine your tobacco and load boxes in the field that you'll bulk cure yep. in like yeah. these longer boxes. He totally called it before it happened, yeah. and he was one of the first to adopt that, wasn't he? Was he the first to go, one of the early adopters to bulk kills? Yeah, but he bought the bad bulk. The bad bulk kill. That's why. Which one were they back then? Right. Ta- Brightleaf, yeah. Like I don't think. Yeah, there's Taylor and and what was the, the Colitz, of course. Powell's. Powell's, yeah. Got some of those. Yeah, it's a different. It's a different uh, kind of industry. It, it's like anything else now. It's, it's bulk and quantity. 
Well, yeah. now it's going to be cannabis, right? Yep. So That's the next one coming. In the fields and, well, yeah. it'd be nice if they let, let, if they let Agriculture Canada handle cannabis. Yeah, it, it would be, be nice. Just like if they, they should have Health Canada handle food and they should have Agriculture Canada handle crops. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Makes sense. We'd be damn good at growing it. Damn right. Like you shouldn't have Agriculture to make the Canada food guide. You should make Health Canada do that because we right. want to keep people healthy. We don't want agriculture people to say eat our product so we can sell more of it. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't make sense. ABC. Yeah. Anyway, but I want to say before we go because this is it. It's our family vacation. We have to get back to it. There's a lot of drinking to be done. Right? There's no children. My brothers and sisters have spent the day being great parents to their kids, and now they want to avoid them at all costs. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And so we need to get back to our partying. That is a sign that we've been on for an hour. Wow. All right. Done. And so we got to do one thing before we go. One thing. Did you get all the feedback done? Oh, no, I didn't. You know that? The Haitian dwarf. You had the Haitian dwarf, I think. I forgot the Haitian dwarf, and I won't do it again. Way to go, Lori. Good call. Oh, hi, oh, it's off the bed we go. Hide your smokes, here comes my folks. Hi ho, hi ho. I made that clean for my mom, Barb Van Dyke. Thank you, mom. Um, so we got a, um, we got some feedback from the Haitian Dwarf. You know, the Haitian Dwarf's been with us since the very beginning of the show, since episode one, is where he uh, started talking to us, and we've been, we've missed him. He's gone on hiatuses. He's sometimes. been on vacation for a bit. Yeah, and this has been another one of those hiatuses. He's been gone for a while, and now he's back. And this one, he says, he entitles his feedback, which is on iTunes, where he gives us five stars. He entitles this one, Good Luck with the Crop, Michael. Oh, thanks, HD. Isn't that a nice one? I'm a nice guy. You know, you We've th- always got along. Yeah, you wouldn't think a guy in his, uh, his line of work and his uh, the type of guy would, uh, would, would enjoy what you're doing growing tobacco. <laughs> Maybe yeah? he likes to smoke. Yeah, I bet you he does, little Haitian dwarf. Nothing wrong with that. Anyways, his feedback this week. Why is Dave so good with cake? Huh. Which he's referring to the band, oh, I think, oh. and the fact that he's so fat. Fat. Yeah? Is that it? Yeah, it's because he's fat. See, you know, I, <laughs> I love I think, I, I think that uh, I think that the Haitian dwarf uh, likes you, Michael, but I don't think he's got the same opinion of, of Dave. No? No, I don't. I don't, and I don't know why. I don't know what his problem is. I like cake too, HD. <laughs> That's true. Paul does. Anyways, uh, Mom and Papa, because... Uh, this is really you're our guest on the show. Is there anything you wanted to say to the adoring listening audience out there? You made you you, you made me so like you're t- kind of responsible for what's happening here. I would apologize. You should apologize to someone for what what they, you put them through. <laughs> Anyways, I just wanted to honestly. Um, uh, it's not often we get to have you both on the show. You both have been very supportive uh, of all this crazy stuff that I've been uh, doing with my life and uh, been going through. And I'm really lucky to have you both as my parents. And I'm really lucky to have all you guys uh, around in my life so that we can uh, have these weeks together. And uh, um, I wouldn't trade my time with you guys for the world. So um, I think that's uh, we're really lucky to have each other. 
And I love you guys very much. And I do love everyone out there listening to this show. Please tell a friend. Tell them what I'm doing. Tell them what we're all doing and uh, be a part of it. You know, if you want to, if you're interested and you got an idea how you can help us out, just give us a message at lifeinthedutchhellogmail.com or you can, uh, I don't know, fucking carry your pigeon, whatever you want. Smoke signal. Quora. Yeah, Quora. You're on there. <laughs> I'm on there somehow. Snapchat, whatever you got to do. I don't understand any of these things. I might even make a Tinder account just uh, <laughs> just to keep my wife guessing. You That's know? all Tinder. Yeah, That's all Tinder. Anyways, until next week, we will see you NT. See you next Thursday. <laughs>